You are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care, an examination of current issues and best practices in the management of chronic conditions. Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care is sponsored by the Managed Markets Team at Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Your host is William Anderson, Director of Pharmaceutical Services at Health First Health Plans, Rockledge, Florida. William Anderson, PharmD, MBA, is a member of the Chronic Care Collaborative Advisory Board, which is an initiative of Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. Effective management of chronic conditions can be challenging, but also has a profound impact on the well-being of patients and the overall efficiency of our healthcare system. What tools and information can help all healthcare stakeholders overcome this inertia and better manage chronic conditions? Joining us today is our guest, Mr. Scott Taylor, Executive Director of Industry Relations for Geisinger Health Systems in Pennsylvania. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you today as part of our program. What role do healthcare plans, physicians, employers, patients play in the management of chronic conditions? I think it's a question that all of healthcare, not just physicians, payers, even pharmaceutical manufacturers are wrestling with today and consumers, is how do we focus, how do we change the historical perspective, if you will, on chronic conditions, which has been let the patient and provider take care of it. Now I think there's extra focus and emphasis, if you will, on really doing something about it, which is getting patients to goal for chronic conditions such as diabetes, for instance. NCQA has done a good deal with regard to the market and changing people's mindset as it relates to metrics, and I think that's key. So one of the uh, key points that I would suggest is having the right goals in place, not just ordering a diagnostic test about a patient's not enough. You've got to be able to ask about ordering the test as well as what are effective tactical ways of getting the patient to goal And that comes down to treatments for most of us in the example of diabetes is making sure a patient's on an oral medication, they understand how to take their medication, that they understand that diet and lifestyle are part of this treatment plan. And so health plans, providers, and the other allied health professionals, including pharmacists, are spending a lot of time pressing, communicating, you know, if you almost want to say having a uh, babysitting or a caregiver type relationship, I think caregiver would be the better word I would choose. What do you think about the causes of the inertia? You've answered my question very well, and thank you. And, and basically, I've, it sounds like we've captured most of the stakeholders here, including the patient. So in your opinion, Scott, what are the causes of the reasons for the inertia and caring for patients with chronic conditions from, you know, everybody we've talked to from physicians and managed healthcare plans, you know, manufacturers, et cetera. And, you know, what are the reasons for an inertia on the part of the patients? Is it just overwhelming? Is it too much? Is it too big of a step to say, okay, you have diabetes, and now we need to talk about how we're going to handle that? Talk to me about that. First of all, I think it's a great question because recognizing the problem is the first step in actually doing something about it. So realizing that there is an inertia that exists for the patient population and physician population comes down to the complexity, I think. And so from our experiences here in central Pennsylvania, the complexity of this population literally changes the workflow in the clinic. And so really dealing with this at a very grassroots practical level, if you open up an encounter for a chronic condition, whether it be diabetes or hypertension or cholesterol, and you have to spend extra time with that patient, just getting them to understand the disease or a treatment or something they might be able to do for themselves, you take a lot of time you throw your schedule off. So there's clinical inertia from the physician's perspective that you're going to ruin his or her day. From the patient perspective, it's sometimes a sign that they're not being a good patient. So there's almost a penalty or a, you know, we talk about incentives a lot. It's a disincentive. You've now just given them bad news. 
And so the natural response as a human when we receive bad news is to actually resist, step away, and not want to engage. So the physician and the patient are always at this weird relationship where if you identify something that needs work, just as you would when you go to a car shop for your mechanic, you wouldn't leave the auto shop because the mechanic said, by the way, you need new brakes. You would actually have your brakes attended to. When that information is given to a patient, it's about that individual. And physicians have not done an effective job of communicating with patients well over time. And we've not listened to what patients need as caregivers. It's kind of innovation versus Kaizen, you know, where you're looking at one huge big change. You know, you have diabetes, you need to start eating and exercising, right? That's a huge change versus taking small steps. Okay, the first thing you can do is, you know, for example, and lead the patient in that direction. Again, kind of what you're getting to, tailoring the individual treatment plan or information to that particular patient. There's not a one-size-fits-all strategy. Help uh, our listeners understand what role health information technology plays in managing chronic conditions, helping us to do more with less, like, for example, clinical decision support tools or the ways that providers or stakeholders may use this technology to better serve patients. Awesome. So I think one of the keys and one of the reasons why we've been successful here in central Pennsylvania, and I think that the future market and many of the markets are looking to us, is using technology just for what you've stated, Bill, which is to expand, if you will, or increase the power of the encounter, both for the patient and the provider. So we talk about clinical decision support, basically are kind of the apps, if you will, of healthcare, the apps like an iPhone, if you will, that you can download to your clinical practice site. These apps would be things that would help educate a patient. So we want to put the patient to work in a seamless way, a way in which it's easy to do. And I use the analogy to the airports. If you look how we have all now been put to work as consumers, when we go through the airport system, we take our own bag and put it on the belt. We check ourselves in and get our own boarding pass. And we think that in that process, we're also educating ourselves on what are our choices, what are our preferences. We're doing that exact same thing in the clinic. We're allowing patients to self-check in. We're allowing patients to better understand their cardiovascular risk or their diabetes risk by answering a few simple questions that connect information about them personally with their medical health record, their labs, and their preferences. And then feeding that information back to them in real time so they can see what's the real impact this is having on their daily life and can they do something about it. As you mentioned earlier, Bill, not everybody is ready to make a change. Not everybody's ready to make a really big leap. And so some of these patients will choose the first and, you know, the easy answer, which might be, I'd like to try something with diet and exercise. Other patients will say they want to do everything. Other patients will say, I don't want to do anything. But what this ultimately does is it gets us to a point of shared decision-making between the patient who now is engaged and activated in the encounter And it also gives the physician this information, which is, where is my patient right now? Where is this person right now in their decision-making process? Are they ready to make a change? Are they considering making a change? Or are they resistant to any change at all? Awesome. That's great information, Scott. And it sounds like you have some innovative strategies and programs going on at your clinics there. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care on ReachMD, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. William Anderson. Our guest today is Mr. Scott Taylor, Executive Director of Industry Relations for Geisinger Health Systems in Pennsylvania. We're discussing the management of chronic conditions moving beyond inertia to collaborative care. Scott, do you think we need better education among physicians and patients about the management of these conditions we're talking about? 
I think we need maybe different education. I don't know if the word better is the way I would put it. I think we have plenty of education and I think we have plenty of information. It's getting that information into a actionable format that will change the practice of medicine, both for patients, people, you and me, as well as providers. So the opportunity is not to create more content, is to make sure that the content gets into a usable, bite-sized, if you will, amount of information that can actually be deployed in real time that a person sitting in a waiting area can actually learn from and do something about that information. And the same thing for a physician, that the physician has just the right amount of information to either make a decision and to move something or not bother them. We don't want to just provide education that's just broadcast blast messaging, which historically has been our method. And I think we also think that people read by textbooks like physicians do. And that's not the case. Consumers don't learn through textbooks. They learn through a commercial. It takes about 30 seconds on the television. Can you give me an example, Scott, of where you've seen better outcomes through education and kind of using the techniques you're talking about, giving actionable information and resulting in better outcomes? Probably one of the best examples we have is the area of diabetes. And so working with our patients and working with our physicians and providing a dashboard of information for the physician about what risk factors they actually can improve with their patients has been one of the areas where we've found profound benefits, not only to the provider organization, but also to the health plan. So the plans, the people that pay for patients' care, as well as to our patients, we're providing ultimately better quality at a lower cost by providing this dashboard of information that is actionable, it's real-time, it's using comprehensive information that comes from the medical record, it's based on lab results, it's based on the patient's medication-taking behavior, and it's based on the quality performance measures that exist by MCQA, as well as the PQRI quality measures that are out there for health systems across the country. So it really gets us aligned in the right direction so that we hit the most important points, the things that we're actually being measured on, and they're going to have the greatest impact on outcomes. That's great. And just to reiterate, make sure I heard you correctly, Scott. So you, you take this information that you have basically in the patient's electronic medical record, and you've created a dashboard, so to speak, and then you make that readily available to the physician? That's correct. Is that information relayed to the patient anyway, or is it just coming from the physician once they kind of digest what's there and that snapshot on their dashboard? So right now it's in the physician's hand, the dashboard is, and then what they can do is they can actually print something out for the patient that the patient can walk away with. So it's part of a post-follow-up or an after-visit summary is what we call it. Shifting gears just a little bit, I wanted to talk about the role that wellness or prevention programs play in the better management of these chronic conditions. So talk to me a little bit about your opinion on, on wellness and prevention versus kind of taking care of things after the fact and, and kind of the traditional system that we still have in this country. This is a, also a, an interesting place to discuss prevention and wellness because that takes our entire system to be at that point of readiness to change, if you will. And I'm not sure we're there that we're ready to make that change. I think we're making incremental shifts, if you will, Bill. I think we're making small steps towards prevention. Examples for us here would be using HRAs, health risk assessments, for our patients. That's probably a good example of actionable information. If you can get a patient maybe to take that HRA, you have to give them immediate feedback or something that you know kind of is actionable. Would you agree? Correct. Because there has to be an incentive to sit down and take that HRA, you know, whether it's a short one or it's a 15 or 20 or 30 minute one. You know, there's several different versions. And then the patient, you know, ultimately we've found that, you know, we're all human and we respond to certain triggers, if you will, or certain incentives. And we found that by having some lotteries for these patients or people, uh, if you will, some dollar monetary incentives, people are very interested in 
you know, receiving $200 at the end of the year because not only did they participate in HRA, they completed the questions and answers, but they actually took some responsibility for their care. They actually did something about their disease or their condition. Uh, and so that's where this really turns into something real. And now you get people uh, interested in quitting smoking, for instance. So now we're talking about wellness and, and prevention, um, which is a huge driver of healthcare costs for our entire system. We've been talking with Mr. Scott Taylor about the management of chronic conditions, moving beyond inertia to collaborative care. Mr. Taylor, thank you for being our guest today. Thanks, Bill. You have been listening to Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care is sponsored by the Managed Markets Team at Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America as part of their Chronic Care Collaborative Initiative. For additional information on this program and on-demand podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com and use promo code CCC for Chronic Care Collaborative. Hi, I'm Mike Adato, the Director of Managed Markets for Takeda Pharmaceuticals North America. I think we can all agree that the growth in chronic conditions is creating pressures affecting all healthcare stakeholders, including managed care organizations, employers, providers, and patients. It only takes a couple of statistics to demonstrate the enormity of this challenge. According to the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, more than half of people with private insurance have a chronic disease, and nearly 75% of all healthcare dollars go towards treating patients with chronic conditions. That equated to $1.7 trillion in 2007, and the challenge will continue to escalate. Now, in all honesty, these aren't new challenges, and over the last several decades, stakeholders have attempted various programs in an effort to address this burden. These experiments have revealed two major challenges. First, there is no one solution. It's a combination of coordinated steps that is needed to achieve the necessary savings to make the U.S. healthcare system more quality and cost-effective. Second, there is an information gap that hinders all of us from implementing proven, effective, and sustained change. To address these challenges, an informational clearinghouse that bridges stakeholder experience was sorely needed. The Chronic Care Collaborative is that clearinghouse. The Chronic Care Collaborative was created as a non-product-specific compilation of evidence and resources designed to support payers in implementing innovations that improve the management of their populations with chronic conditions. Many of the resources available through the Chronic Care Collaborative can be accessed at www.thechroniccarecollaborative.com. This easy-to-navigate clearinghouse contains valuable resources for your use within your plan and in communications with other stakeholders. The Chronic Care Collaborative is the beginning of the dialogue across payers and with employers, providers, and patients. And all of us within the Managed Markets Department of Takeda are committed to this initiative as our small step in addressing our mutual goal of improving the management of populations with chronic conditions. Thank you for listening to Optimizing Outcomes in Chronic Care. Takeda is proud to sponsor this important programming on ReachMD to help drive positive outcomes in the management of chronic conditions.